Long History The Hunt for the Missing Captain Part 1 Saavedra sets off in a leaky boat Hello everyone and welcome to another document on long history. This is the place where we take source documents from history and split them up into chunks of around 10 minutes or so. And this latest document is part of a series of documents we're doing called Forgotten Voyages. Why Forgotten Voyages? Well, it's down to me really. When I was first looking at these source documents, I read Pigafetta's account of the Magellan fleet's first voyage around the world. And a question occurred to me, well, Magellan was first, but who was second? And surely there must have been further explorations after that. Were they as successful as the Magellan fleet's journey? Or bearing in mind Magellan's death, were they bigger failures than the Magellan fleet? So I started looking for the source documents involved, particularly looking at voyages across the Pacific after the Magellan fleet's first trip across that ocean. And I found that yes, there were a few pioneering spirits who made it across the Pacific when it was still the limits of the known European world. And I've already covered one of those quite dramatic documents in a 10-part series called After Magellan. And that was about the Loisa fleet crossing the Pacific. And this is actually the third attempt to cross the Pacific. And we call this document the hunt for the missing captain because Saavedra, the leader of this latest expedition, sets off in search of news about this previous expedition headed by Loaysa. This third journey is different in a few ways. Magellan and Loaysa's journey started in Spain, whereas this one begins in New Spain in today's Mexico. And as we begin this five-part series, it's worth bearing in mind that it's still only a decade after the Magellan fleet finished its first circumnavigation of the globe. So there is still lots to learn by the brave sailors who make the perilous journey across the Pacific. This is the 16th century equivalent of the Apollo missions. So this document describing the Saavedra fleet's voyage was written by a man called Vicencio de Napoles who took part in the whole voyage. It's a completely separate document from the previous one we looked at after Magellan. But one of the things that makes it interesting is that the two documents do sometimes cover the same events because the two fleets do eventually meet. So if you like the sound of that, this document covers only five episodes, so please subscribe to be informed of when they're released. This document is exclusively translated from the original Spanish for Long History. So here we go with Long History's latest document, The Hunt for the Missing Captain, Part 1, Saavedra Sets Off in a Leaky Boat. An account made by Vicencio de Napoles of the voyage of the fleet that Hernán Cortés sent in search of the Spice Islands. An account of everything discovered and undertaken by Captain Álvaro de Saavedra, who left the port of Yacatulo, which is in New Spain, on the 1st of November 1527. The fleet having been dispatched by the Marquis de Valle, Don Hernando Cortés, His Majesty's Captain General with three ships, with all the supplies and articles necessary, and bronze artillery. Firstly, the said Captain Álvaro de Saavedra went in the ship named La Florida, with 38 men of the land and 12 of the sea, which in total is 50. He took three rifle shots and 10 of iron. On the ship Santiago, the captain was Luis de Cárdenas, a native of Córdoba, he carried 45 men of the land and sea. He took a rifle shot and eight of iron. In the other ship, named Espíritu Santo, Pedro de Fuentes, a native of Jerez de la Frontera, was the captain. He took 15 men of the sea and land, half a dozen shots of iron. 
on the first day of November, we left the port of Aguatlanejo, which is on the coast of New Spain. The winds that blew were those that we will now recount. Their blue west and west-northwest winds, we pulled and made our way to the south-southwest. This day we travelled around 10 leagues. On the following day, we came across the same wind, travelling another 12 leagues. The third day, the same wind, we travelled 15 leagues on the same route. On the fourth day, we continued, with the same weather, for 15 leagues. On the fifth day, we travelled with a northwest wind. Our route headed to the southwest. On this day, we travelled for 20 leagues. On the sixth day, we continued with the same weather. We travelled 25 leagues. On the seventh day, we travelled with the same wind and on the same route. We travelled 25 leagues. On the eighth day, we travelled to the southwest. On this day, we travelled 40 leagues. On this day at midnight, a leak was discovered in the flagship at the stern by a bolt on the keel. It being so great that two of us at the pump spent half an hourglass, we could not find the leak and we lowered the sails and joined with the other ships, going to look below with the set captain Alvaro de Saavedra. Despite searching for the leak, its source could not be found and it could not be seen until arriving at an island that is called Mindanao. The Spanish call her Mendaña, and we spent two months and a half there. On that day, there was a meeting between the captains about the flagship's leak. It seemed to them that from there we should return to New Spain, and the captain, Álvaro de Saavedra, asked the pilot how the leak seemed to him, and he said that the leak should not stop us from continuing with the voyage, and so this is what we did. And due to the work of manning the pump, the captain took the heartiest people from the other ships, sending some from his ship to the others, and the captains said that he should move to a ship that did not leak. He replied that he had set off in that ship and that he would either lose or save her. And so we continued on our voyage. On the ninth day, we would be at a height of around 11 degrees heading to the west. We travelled on this day for 35 leagues of nautical distance. On the tenth day, we travelled and continued in the same direction. We travelled 40 leagues. On the 11th day, on the same route, we travelled 40 leagues. On the 12th day, on the same route, we travelled another 40 leagues. On the 13th day, on the same route, we travelled another 40 leagues. On the 14th day, we continued on the same route and we travelled 45 leagues. On day 15, on the same route, 40 leagues. On day 16, we travelled 45 leagues. On day 17, we travelled 35 leagues. On the 18th, we travelled 40 leagues. On the 19th, 35 leagues. On the 20th, we would have travelled 70 leagues on the same route. On the 21st, we sighted land and went in search of it all that night to the west-northwest. And by the following morning, we had found nothing and we returned to our route. On this day, we travelled around 25 leagues. On day 22, we would have travelled on the same route 40 leagues. On day 23, we would have travelled 35 leagues. On day 24, we would have travelled another 35 leagues. On day 25, we would have travelled 35 leagues. On day 26, we would have travelled 70 leagues. On the 27th, we would have travelled 45 leagues. On day 28, we would have travelled 40 leagues. On day 29, another leak was discovered in the same flagship, in the prow, in a false space. 
and a storeroom of bread was soaked, including up to seventy quintals, along with oil, vinegar, and other things. Before this leak was discovered, the ship could not be steered, and the captain asked the master what was the reason why the ship could not be steered. And the master told him that he did not know the reason, so the captain ordered him to go below deck to investigate. He replied that he was late and that he would go in the morning to take a look. That same night, while navigating, the ship could not be steered, and as there were ships on either side of us, so that we did not hit them nor they hit us, we stayed behind them, and a downpour hit us. The sailor who was steering made a blunder, letting the sail cross over the rigging. We almost capsized, but finally managed to lower the sail. The other ships went ahead, and there was so much wind that they disappeared from our sight in a short time. We lit up many lanterns, but they did not reply, and so we lost them. Our pilot went to sleep, not wanting to follow behind them. The following day in the morning, we set sail on our route and were never able to see them again, not a hint of them. On this day, we would have sailed some 35 leagues. On the same route and with the same weather, we continued another 30 days, sailing as we had done previously, and in all that time, we did not see land or any sign of land. On day 60, a Saturday at night, we adjusted our route, heading west and one quarter to the southwest. This night was calm, and we travelled about 10 leagues. Sunday morning, the sun having risen, we were one league from land. This land was given the name the Islands of the Kings by the captain Alvaro de Saavedra, because the day that we saw them was the day of the three kings. It is an archipelago of islands comprising, according to what we saw, ten or twelve islands, which it was said were all populated. In truth, there were many more islands, amidst which we spent three days wandering from one part to another without landing on any of them because of the deep water. Even if we had dropped anchor, it would not have touched bottom. The native Indians of those islands came out to us in some small boats that they have, but they did not want to come up to us, and seeing that there was nowhere to dock due to the many shallows before land could be reached, and due to the great deal of time that we spent without being able to land in any part at all, we continued our way on the same route. The people of these islands are full-bodied, somewhat tanned, and wear their hair long. They make no clothes, but from palms they make cords and mats. The mats are so fine that from a distance they seem to be made of gold. These are used for shelter. The men have beards like the Spanish. For weapons they have fire-hardened spears. We did not find out what they ate because we did not communicate with them. These islands are 11 degrees in the northern hemisphere. We sailed the following night. The following day at midday we came across some other islands of the same type with the same people. We entered amongst these islands to see if we could bail out the water we had taken on board, and because we needed some drinking water. Among these said islands we found a port in one of them. It was unpopulated. All the people leapt onto land searching for water, and we found a well a crossbow shot from the coast. The island was small, about one league in circumference, and we were on the island for eight days, taking on water and wood, but here we could not bail out the water in the ship. 
around three leagues from the island, there is a populated island. Some people came from there and came to the side of our ship, but they did not want to speak with us and return to their island, which is at 11 degrees. Afterwards, the Indians returned, and they entered a shallow bank, half a league from the islet where we were. There were around 16 Indians. A Spaniard went in the water, because it only came up to the knees, and reached the place where the Indians were. They waited for him and then embraced him, taking much pleasure in his arrival. The Spaniard asked them, by signs, to come to the island where we were. But as they did not understand and did not want to come... They went to their island and the Spaniard returned, with no harm being done to him. And there we took on board 18 pipes of water, and the following day we set sail with an east-north-east wind, heading to the west. On that day we travelled 30 leagues, leaving the islands at midday. The following day we continued on the same route, travelling 25 leagues. The following day we went on the same route. We would have travelled some 15 leagues. The following day was calm. We spent seven days with this calm, during which the people began to fall ill. After those seven days, the same east-north-east wind returned, and we continued on our route to the west. On that day, we would have travelled 30 leagues. The following day on our route, we would have travelled 35 leagues. The following day, we continued on the same route for another 40 leagues. The following day, we would have travelled 45 leagues. Now, relative to previous journeys, one by Magellan, which had ended only five years earlier, and one by Loaysa, from whom news hasn't been heard for years, this voyage across the Pacific has so far been relatively simple. The main reason why this voyage has been smooth compared to those others is that this boat came from New Spain and so did not have to round the tip of South America, the Magellan Strait. Life is still in the balance, however, particularly when you are perched on a wooden boat in the middle of a vast ocean where leaks can be a life or death issue. The Spanish reach various islands but seem unable to communicate with the local people. In the next episode, still on their way to the Spice Islands in today's Indonesia, the crew make a surprising discovery. Thank you for listening to this, a new document on long history. If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to give it a like before you move on. We'd really appreciate your help to promote Long History and its mission to revive these source documents from the vaults. Thank you for listening to The Hunt for the Missing Captain, Part 1. Saavedra sets off in a leaky boat. Goodbye, everyone.